0: Welcome to True Health Live. If you are a public health student, a public health professional, or just interested in what public health even is, this is the space for you.
1: Welcome, welcome back to True Health Live.
0: We are live, you know. We're going to get started because this is also a podcast. The video is just for your convenience and for us to see each other's lovely faces. But welcome to Season 2. We are back. I am Deidre Selly, and I'm joined by two of my four, of my three co-hosts, Precious Stephanie. Hello. It's
2: and, so nice to be back.
0: <laughs> and And a different time and a different day.
2: Different day. Everything.
0: Yeah. And Anishka Gopalak.
1: Hi! Hi! Oh,
2: happy to be here.
1: Yeah.
0: So we decided. Well, I should say I decided. And I told them like five minutes ago that like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be looking into a lot different, a lot of different things this coming season. Like we're gonna cover more current events and really, you know, have the content speak more truthfully to the show. This is true health live. So our shows are gonna focus on the truth. So today's show is the truth about how we really doing. You know, it's been some time since we've been together, so we need to check in with one another. And, um, one of the things I wanted to, to kind of talk about, like, as far as like how we really doing is more like how are we really doing in the, in the grand scheme of like what's happening in the world. We've got, baby formula shortage, we've got what else ladies? Shootings, you know, mass shootings, like this is taking a toll on mental health, on how people move when it comes to feeding their children, a whole lot of things. You know, the education behind, you know, um formula and versus breastfeeding and what's best. So there are a lot of different things happening now. Just for life. like maybe outside was the best because I can't control the car noise but we're
2: just going to just move through it. So the scenery is beautiful and you know um, <laughs> while while we don't always appreciate how every day, right, our everyday experiences impact our health I think, you know, even the the war in the Ukraine is something that is happening and that you know, is a stressor and you know is is on everyone's mind so that's just something else that's going on oh and and how dare we forget the economy yes (laughs) so there we have it there we have it any of those things truly impact our health whether it's mental or physical
0: aren't they talking about how everything's like in the red and like pointing down like a downward slope
2: yes (laughs) yes indeed indeed
1: Absolutely, the mental health. Yes, I think with everything happening, all of our mental health and emotional health is is just at the prime. We really have to take care of ourselves. In it's hard to, to to stay so positive when you see all this negativity every single day of every single second. And the minute you catch a break, you know, you turn around and something's happening in the next neighborhood. You put on the television, or you pick up your phone, and you're like, "Oh my god! Like, what is going on?" It's like humanity is just falling apart. Period. Um, and then on top of that, it's the economy. Like, nothing is going down; everything is going up. A uh, cost of living is going up. It's survival. There's this heavy tag attached to just surviving everyday life, like for people for transportation, housing, name it, food everything has such a hefty tag price on it. Um And it just, I know I find myself like, what, what's happening here? Like, how do, how do they expect people to get through? Like some of us are, you know, privileged and, and can afford certain things. And he, and when you think about it, if you, if you turn around, the next person may not. And how, how do you, how do you make ends meet when you were already trying to make ends meet before when it was less and, now it's getting even higher. But the cost of the living is higher. And now you're like, now what do I do? Because my pay rate, I'm not getting a pay raise. It's still the same. The income coming in is still the same. But I still got to feed these mouths. I still got to keep the roof over our head, you know? And then on top of that, I got to worry for our safety because you just never know. You can go on a train. I'm here in New York. You get on the train. That's something to worry about. You don't know if you're safe or not. You can walk outside. You don't know if you're safe or not because People are just going on scooters and shooting folks up. You know, it's just so many things. And us as an adult, we think that we can navigate a lot better. But um, it doesn't matter who you are. If you could be a child, you could be an adult. The violence has gotten crazy, crazy, crazy. It's so disheartening.
2: You know, as you were speaking, you said something that like, I'm like, oh, that could be, you know, the angle that we, because, you know, we're always identifying like some key takeaways, right? In these segments, if you go back to season one, there's always like these tools that we wind up offering you all um, and ourselves. And so, you know, Anushka, you said, it's hard to stay positive when there's so much negativity kind of like swirling around and you you went into enumerating a few things. Um, but there's so much power in being able to maintain a positive perspective, even, you know, and I know we discussed it when we went deeply into COVID talks last season, Um, the idea of how those stressors repress the immune system. And so, you know, I, I would love for us to, you know, definitely get into all of what's happening, but even to identify like how can you flip this? Like with the, with, you know, food insecurity, you know, the fact that there's this proliferation of home gardens, especially now that, you know, on the East Coast, we've got nicer weather. And so there's the opportunity, even if it's within an apartment, to kind of grow a few things on your windowsill, on your ledge, on your People still have fire escapes. I know a long time ago I did. So it's like anywhere, right? I had, I think I had like one once. It was, yes. (laughs) Always wanted to climb down, but (laughs) never really an option. (laughs) But the idea of how you can manage one, what you're taking in and two, how you, how you can kind of turn it around. Right. Even even like do some alchemy, if you will, because really that's like, you know, transforming a thing. Um, So. So, yeah, we're, we're going to do a little bit of that. I would like us to.
0: We are. You know what? Yeah. Because coming up this season, like some of our segments are really going to focus on like food, clothing, shelter. Right. So food, definitely nutrition and yeah. health. And food insecurity is a thing. Right. Um, You know, shelter, like what's happening since. We're, what, two and a half years after, you know, COVID. And, you know, people are still struggling with housing. You know, they still have housing insecurity. And then, you know, what does that mean for clothing? I actually want to, like, dive into, like, how the fashion industry can, like, affect our public health, you know, and what we see as fashionable and what we're wearing and how that, like, affects how we move, right? Then we have our mind body soul. So I'm gonna be inviting people, you know, experts to talk. We already have like someone, um, coming. She's a yogi, you know, enthusiast. Um, from Jersey, woo-woo. um, she's a yogi enthusiast, and um, you know, she'll be coming talking about her, you know, work in like comedic yoga. Um, uh, willingly, fingers crossed, we get our food person, and he's like, you know known on social media so willingly that all works out but we've gone we're gonna have a lot ready for folks and so like if you catch this segment you know after today totally fine because you didn't miss anything yet this is just a preview so yeah like there there has been a lot going on like what how much did we enumerate already food food formula ukraine mass shootings what else I use all big and that kind of like just...
2: right that 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 levels the whole stress <laughs> yeah there, but you, there there is so much and sometimes you know we don't even take the time to like wait what am I taking in mm-hmm. right now like what what am I navigating through right now um and because you know when we think about just food, clothing, shelter, it's like, you know, that's, that's the core hierarchy of needs, right? Like that's down at the bottom. Um, But that's where so many of us are as Anushka, as you both touched on, you know, um many don't even have the privilege to think beyond where is that dollar coming from? How are we going to make this happen? Are my loved ones going to actually be healthy with the, dare I say, third, is this the second round of boosters? So it's like the booster on top of the booster on top of the original one or two shots. So it's like, there's a lot, there's a, there, there are many, many questions and not enough answers. Um, But that's a great opportunity for you to identify and source answers for for that for us, to identify and source answers for ourselves. Um, turn off the television a little bit, keep this podcast on, but yeah. turn off the television just a little bit and really like settle into what's truly important for me and my family and my, you know, my, yeah, my community even, um, and how do I create more of that? Yeah. Let that be the question, you know? Mm-hmm get outside of the city i hear crickets right as evidenced by your right. <laughs> crickets and trees right we're like we're not even sure if that's nature or just like a photo so you don't even don't tell us don't tell us we never know you can have music and what is it the world may never
1: know
2: that's right right until a bug goes flying by they I won't know. know for sure <laughs> I,
1: I agree precious like we definitely do have to be mindful of what we take in. Like, we have to know what's for us, what's not for us. Um, we can be aware. Doesn't mean we have to deep dive, doesn't mean we have to, you know, hold on to that. Um, and, and sometimes it's easier said than done. Like, I, I've discovered that I'm more of an empath than I really thought I was. And I'm just like, but I have to be disciplined and know that, you know, I can't take on others pain or you know what they're going through and make it my own. I can always be helpful. I can always be compassionate and and try to help, but I have to know what the limits are so I have so I can protect my own mental health and then my emotional health, right? And not take on too much. And yeah, I turn the TV off all the time and I hate that when I do decide to turn it on, I see something I really don't want to see. I mean it's great to stay abreast on what's happening in the world, what's happening in our community. But again, it's just so much happening. And, and I think it's like a and a con too. Like you don't want to, you don't want to like put yourself in a box where you don't know what's happening outside, but you also don't want to embrace all that's happening outside as well and make it like your problem, right? Um, and I think, you know, ha- being heart centric and having community, a lot of times we, We don't talk about what's happening and and we do need to talk. We need to talk more and we can't save the world and we know that we're human, you know, individuals. But if we work together to protect our village, rather that village be your like nucleus family or a community family, it goes a long way. Right. So maybe someone like you said, you can plant like plant things outside on the fire escape if you still have it. Or your window seal, if you still have that too, because a lot of these new buildings don't have window seals. Um, you know, if you don't have it, maybe a neighbor does, right? So work together, work in solidarity, work, work, um, as a collective. Um, if you have, if you still have a community garden, you know, work together on keeping it clean and really pouring into it because those are even dropping by, you know, dropping off the map. Um, but uh, in this time, in this day and age that we're living in, We really need to know who we are. We need to know what are, you know, what are the things that make us happy? What makes us stay healthy as individuals and also with our loved ones, um, our loved ones, our community and work towards that because there's so many negative things coming at us from left to right, up and above. Um, and it's easy to get lost in all that, right? Unless you are setting your intentions and you're being mindful. Um, and some things we can't sway away from, but if you practice, If you practice on healthy living as a whole on a daily basis,
2: you can control certain things a little bit better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I know you touched on um, different options for food. And, you know, what came up in my mind um, are even food co-ops. And farmers markets, um, and how, you know, cost effect. I know when, when I was in New York, especially when I was in Brooklyn, um, I really enjoyed the food co-ops. There's one in Park Slope and there was one in Flatbush that I absolutely loved. Um, and I think that that's an opportunity as well to get inexpensive, fresh, organic produce without, you know, what, where you can also, form, cultivate, build community because in a food co-op, you work, right? It's a cooperative. So it's also an opportunity to kind of just breathe a different sort of air um, among people who also value having cost-effective, you know, healthy, nutritious food. Um, So again, that's like how you can, you know, flip it. Um, Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I leave leave my hometown, I leave where I live to go to Queens, to go to a particular market because it's so cost-friendly.
2: If I go to the supermarket
1: around the corner, I'm paying like $3.99 for cilantro. It's like just a little small bunch. And I go to this market in Queens. Everything is fresh. It's organic. And I can buy three bunches for like
2: a dollar. And then you can grow cilantro. Put it in some water. Right. Get a few roots. Oh, greetings. Let's see. If we have guys. Greetings. <laughs> God,
0: thank you for joining us.
2: Yes. But you can take and just take one sprig or two. Maybe you want more than one. But just take a few, sit it in a little water, put it in your window, and then you've got your own cilantro in a little while. So, yeah.
0: That <laughs> I did recently, a patch of dirt. You know how sometimes you get the onions and it might be a little soft? You're like, I don't want to use that. And then you just leave it and then it starts to grow like little Making babies. Things. I planted it and it's growing. <laughs>
1: resourceful
0: well. <laughs> I started small, right so I was like, you know, we're just going to use you as a bulb and let's see what you can produce let's see what
2: happens, yeah let's
0: see what happens, so I'm going to like post pictures like we'll post pictures on the Instagram so you can see like the progress of Deidre's onion plant
2: <laughs> oh my oh my, that's going to be fun well, yeah, that's going to be fun You can we can watch it grow and see what you get from that one mushy yeah, onion
0: It was just like a little bit on one side. I was like, I'm not eating this. I was like, let's just see what happens if I put
2: it in the dirt. But these are all examples of like taking what you have that may be undesirable, right? And creating something, um, something more sustainable even perhaps. So yeah, we're going to take everything that we're talking about and turn it into something amazing because we have, the possibility, right? We have the option to stay positive or to to turn the situation around in spite of what you see on the news. Um So I think this is a great way for us to open up season two.
0: <laughs> be fun. Mm-hmm. So how are you really doing, ladies? What's been happening? We've been on hiatus for five months. <laughs> no, six, because we stopped in
2: November. Was it November?
0: Six months. So we took like yeah. six months sabbatical you know you
2: mm-hmm.
0: know, silence we, like gathered our thoughts and got ourselves together and lived you know um and just kind of breathe exhale because i know like while we were filming like a lot was happening our last show was about the great resignation so we were having like career changes i know my career switched in the middle of all this it's been like nutty so like you know so what's been happening i know like a lot has happened in the last like six months is, uh for me since we've been away and i'll share but enough about me i'll open up with you ladies so what's been happening precious tell us what
2: have oh, you been Boy, you? me well i'm still a mommy of two we i think we closed out with me sharing that i relocated to north carolina um i i I don't believe, I'm not sure where I was as far as the consulting work, but I'm really excited to say that I'm doing some really, really amazing work in the state of North Carolina um, on just some uh, implementation of an EHR system. Um, That's been really exciting. I think you all recall that I went from running a hospital to now- Supporting um a statewide EHR implementation, so it's a lot of fun, it's really challenging. settling in into North Carolina has been amazing, especially now that the spring and even dare I say summer it's been like ninety degrees consistently here um, hence the the glow like <laughs> um I, yeah i I have to say. Since our great resignation discussion, um, I have like, yeah, just wonderful things to to share. And I look forward to even touching in on more of it as we as we you know build through this season. So Anushka, what have you been up to? Because you made a big move right as we closed out this season as well.
1: Yeah, girl, I hopped on that great resignation trip too. <laughs> I was ecstatic. <laughs> and i i i have the same sentiments i'm happy about that decision i think it was one of the best decisions i've made um and you know that saying like we we pray and ask for all for these blessings and we get them and it's like wow so i i I, i'm happy and i'm grateful that god blessed me with everything i asked for and then some but he also in the midst of that i got lessons and so it's like you know the the grass isn't always green on the other side kind of thing so i I am grateful for everything, but I'm also realizing is, is this really what I want? Because we we don't really dream about labor, right? Who dreams like I want to work for the rest of my life? When people ask that question, what's your dream job? no job is <laughs> my dream job. I don't want to right here, yeah, right? That's right. <laughs> I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I want to be with my loved ones. I want to be with my family. I want to travel. I want to live an enriched life, right? And so that doesn't always require me having an employer or even me doing manual labor. What I realized was that I need to automate these skills and you know, and these expertise because I don't want to lose out again, on my family and the things that mean the most to me, because even in consulting, I have to produce in order to get income, right? I have to give a piece of myself (laughs) to get this income. So I'm I'm currently working on just automating things and creating where I can create and set and give it so it can be sustained by, you know, the the client. Um, And I still get to do what I love, but I don't have to give so much of myself. I don't have to take 10 meetings in five hours or whatever you know what I mean I don't have to give all of that and I'm, I'm loving the journey you know just figuring it out on my time I get to wake up with ease I go to sleep a little later but I'm happy and I'm content Um, and some days are longer than others but for the most part I've found peace in my day-to-day I don't have to work around the clock I don't have to really um, get those stressors that I once did, I I don't have them anymore. And so I'm able to be more productive and produce better than I once did. And then I'm also enjoying the time that I get to just enjoy my space and my family. Like my daughter, you guys know, I think from the last conversations that she's graduating this year. So she graduated early back in January, but now here's all the celebratory stuff. So prom is coming up, the big graduation, We're planning trips and all that stuff, but I get to do that. Had I been in the office, I would have to really squeeze in time to, okay, block this, block that, you know, after work, run to the mall, do all those things. Now I don't have to do that. I get to cook dinner and, you know, or not cook dinner if I want to, you know, but it's been amazing. I, I love it, and I'm just trying to cultivate it where it works even better for me and mine.
0: Yeah yeah that's good to hear. What about the the work with the breast the breast cancer work?
1: Oh that's amazing. So I went from a program manager to being a director, now I'm heading a pilot program because I enjoyed part time so much in consulting that I was like, ah, I don't want to go back full time. <laughs> so I am still they're still my client um, and it's amazing what really drives me there is the patients are our, our, the, our patients are angel advocates is what we call them. We are, they're really patient advocates and their stories and their passion is just so amazing and so inspiring. And so we're doing great work nationwide. We have a global impact. We have folks all throughout the U.S., but also in Canada, Europe, and Africa. And to just listen to these women and all the things that they have done that they're currently doing and what they want to do and being able to support that is amazing um, we're going to be an Essence Festival. So that was one of my things that came true. And I was like, yeah, my girls are going. <laughs> um, so we're making tons of impact, bringing breast cancer awareness um, to our communities, especially to our black and brown communities, because we are the ones that are heavily impacted, but the ones that are not at the table making these decisions or helping to make these decisions. And so we are really making ways to amplify our voices and tell our stories and make change especially in the policy arena, um, as these diseases affect us greatly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and, and Ima, I'm about to call you Ima. Ima is Hebrew for mother, but Ima, <laughs> you know, precious, precious Stephanie. Um, tell us about EHR, because I meant to say, but I didn't want to interrupt.
2: Oh, Sure.
0: You know, we talking acronyms. What
2: is that? Yes, um, my apologies. Yes, so um it is an electronic health record. That's what EHR stands for. Um and I mean really simply when you go to a hospital or you go to your physician, you know, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago, things were still on paper charts, you know, they pull your chart and it's all this paper and the doctor has to write with, with pen or the nurse. Um, and then things shifted to a more electronic system. Um, and really it's to support continuity of care, right? So that the flow of treatment is more fluid between one specialty or specialist and another, um, why everything is so silo is a conversation. A siloed is a conversation we can have another day. But the reality of um, the allopathic system is that everything is segmented. Um, and so your oncologist may not speak to your general practitioner, uh, may not speak to your gynecologist. And so what an EHR or an electronic health record allows to happen is for all of those systems to communicate. Or for there to be one record for Precious Stepney. Um, so as long as I'm within one system of care, let's say, you know, NYU system in New York, um, or Langone, like it, it travels and you're you with all of your health information, no matter which practitioner you go to see. There are still many systems, even in New York where I work, there was a, what we would call a more homegrown or proprietary software used. Um, Oh, it looks like people are flooding in. Yay. Um, greetings,
0: top tier. Greetings, you know, greetings, Zach Latimer. How are you? How are you?
2: Yes. Um, and so that is what an EHR is. I'm sure we've all had experience with the, with an EHR system, um, just by, you know, receiving healthcare services, but it's the electronic side of your, your, your health footprint, if you will. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I always thought that that was like really important comes to healthcare. If you're going to move around in a system, like, you know, so like you said, everything follows you. I think sometimes what they call EMRs, like whatever. It's, it's yeah, like-
2: well, that's, yeah, electronic medical record. It's the same. It's right. the same thing. EMR and EHR is pretty much, it just depends on the industry, what they call it.
1: Yeah. It's like the same concept as the Social Security, only this is strictly for your healthcare.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah just,
0: right. <laughs> wherever you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, it follows, it follows wherever you go. Now that the 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 really exciting part, it well, eh, exciting to some, you know, that the geeks of that environment, I guess, is the idea of a health exchange. So, Let's say I gave the example of like, if you go to like an NYU or any large healthcare system, right? Um, you know, if you go to any physician affiliated with NYU, you're guaranteed that your health records travel. But let's say that the best specialist is actually connected. And I'm going to use all New York, you know, systems. Um, let's say it's Northwell. Um, So NYU and Northwell are not necessarily connected and they don't necessarily have the same EHR or EMR system. Right. But there is a federal um, requirement, actually, um, that all all hospital corporations that have an electronic health record, which they're all required to have by a certain time. Um, that they participate in something called a health exchange network. And what a health exchange network allows to happen is for my hospital company language to talk to your hospital company language so that it doesn't matter where Anushka may need care. Her record is her record and her health footprint is her health footprint. So, I say it's exciting because it allows for an improved continuity of care for patients, clients, customers. Um, But then there's also the, you know, where's all my health information going? So what's happening now? So now everybody everywhere can access it. And there is some information that can be accessed. A lot of it you have to consent for, but, you know, there are data breaches, right? And so that that's a thing, just like with our credit or like you said, Anushka, with, you know, things like social security, there's always the question about security and sustainability. But that's, I can just talk about that forever. So <laughs> it might be boring to some, so I'll just end it there.
0: <laughs> now, what happens in that transfer? You said it like the data breach or like, you know, is there micro data being collected? Like the same way when we're logging into like all these social media, you know, this is like a recap of last season. Like when we're logging in, like everything like, oh, well, you know, can we, it asks your permission, like, can we um, track where you are right now? Like, what's your location? Like, I get that question all the time. Yeah. Like all that, that that metadata, you know, that they're, meta, that they're um, collecting, you know, on us, right? Yeah.
2: so there are um questions <laughs> um, yeah I see the question I'm, you know I'm, what? <laughs> this
0: is horrible I'm going to read this question <laughs> <laughs> is this why some people are scared their organs will get taken I don't know if you mean like urban legends organs will get taken up what? Up ice. but it is I think it is a very it's a reality that people are because I
1: people
0: you know if they um and this is if you want to you know be a person that donates organ more power to you i think that is so like you know selfless and giving at the same time i am one of those people that questions like will you work hard to save me if you find out that i'm an organ donor and you know several of my parts are needed you know so i for that and it's like when I'm ready to go, like, you know, then there will be like, okay, you can, do, there will be instructions to donate organs if they are still donatable, but not, you know, beforehand. Not beforehand.
2: Well, you know, there's another side to that. Um, that's still very real. Um, and it isn't as hypothetical as what you or you know something that you may say oh i'm just being a little paranoid um there are many and we we discussed this when we spoke about you know reproductive health and um there are many many women who go in for what may seem to be a routine unfortunately routine removal of a cyst or removal of a fibroid tumor and we spoke about that last season um and wind up awake with no uterus at all or partial hysterectomy or Mm -hmm. you go in for a c-section and come out the same way and so you know yes there are and then there are also you know there's also the advent of um wrong site surgery and it's not as prevalent because you know um the joint commission which accredits all uh hospitals in the United States and beyond. But um there are many national patient safety goals that, you know, set if you've had a procedure in the last let's say 15 20 years, you know that they'll ask you your name, they'll check your name tag, they'll ask you what are you having surgery on and what is it your right leg if you your left leg. They take a sharpie, they mark it. All of those things are put in place as safety measures mm-hmm. because that didn't always happen and you were going for a procedure on your or even an amputation of your right leg and your left leg is the one that's amputated Uh, by accident mm -hmm. so these things happen Ah. and then yes (laughs) even worse now you got more problems (laughs) unfortunately Mm -hmm. um so, so there is that, but you know, that, that, that's not as much connected to what the health exchange is there to do. And I wanted to answer the question about the idea of metadata, de- metadata, de- data, I was going to say data, but it's metadata. Um, what the health X has the capability of doing is yes, there is like the, what is called declassified data, right? Um, declassified data. Yeah, it's pretty much the data that, right, it doesn't identify you, right, at all. But it may tell us, you know, the population that, the, that this particular community is serving. Um, it can just give some basic information. But if you consent um, to one system communicating with the other on your behalf, then yes, that NYU can talk to that, you know, UNC Health. Um, even though they're in two different you know states, let's say, um, it just makes continuity of care much more promising in theory that that's that's how it's being touted yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I think that is true and the same I do I, I mean we know this is not a hypothetical that you know mm-hmm. that you have a lot of information on oh that yeah,
2: that absolutely. Around.
0: Really they already cool. do,
2: though. We already do, right? It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's true. They know <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how are we doing? Stressed and paranoid. Maybe that's how we're doing. How we're doing. <laughs> In the chat, share today's uh, show. We're talking about how we're really doing. The truth about how we're really doing. So, you yeah. know, um, so far, our hosts have been, like, really good. Things have been moving. Same here, like, I have not necessarily joined the Great Resignation yet, but that probably will change It'll be in a couple shows. Um, but I have had, like, you know, the opportunity to build my own personal brand and, you know, do, like, small pieces of consulting and that, like you said, and it's been so, like, rewarding. And it's like, yeah, I can do this. I can market myself, you know, and, and have to do, like, a little bit better at it. But, like, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? Um, and I think like just getting started, there's been also like a lot of transition, some of it, not so great, but some some of it great. Like, but that's the definition of transition. Like things are going to happen like good and bad. They're kind of like one door is closing and another one is opening and you kind of just move on through, you move with it. Some of it is taxing to your mental health. Um, I did, uh, have one of my parents transition and it was a very, eye-opening experience, right? You know, it's not something, of course, like we're only going to, you know, if we are fortunate enough to know our parents and have that relationship where you, you know, go to their service and you, you know, see them transition and they're going, you send them off. Um, you're only going to have that twice, right? For most of us, you're only going to have it twice. And then the first time it happens is it can be, it's really traumatic and we all have different experiences. And one thing that I noticed was just the phase of transition, you know, um, my parent transition, but so many other things, positive things did start happening at the very same. And I'm talking about like within the same, you know, week or, you know, things have changed. So I had to really kind of step back and try to try to see like what the positive points were. Is it still really sucky? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not something that you just, like, kind of get over. Um, at the same time, life is still happening, and I have a community around me, like, surrounded that loves me, and I love them, so we're good. You know, we're all gravy. Like, you know, we're moving through all the fields, right?
1: So, yeah, I think
2: good. You just, like, brought us full circle, right? Because we opened with what's happening in the world, and we went through all of the atrocities and the financial, you know, plummets and the war and the shootings um but then we started talking about how we can still maintain balance and a positive perspective um a positive reality for ourselves and how that is actually alchemy right and you just you a lot of people wouldn't look at the bereavement process or the experience of losing a parent as Wow, okay, there, there's all of this, all of these feelings that go in, you know, that are just connected to, to that sort of loss. Um, but then there were other things that came out of it. So I, you know, I commend you for acknowledging that there there are other things that come out of that because it, it's another step, another transition, if you will, um, on both sides. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. a good reminder for us who, you know, who haven't had that experience just yet as well.
0: Yeah, you you really, well, I, I should I, I'll make I statements. I, and I'm still having to do this, like really meditate, right? And I had to be forced to do this because I wasn't necessarily doing it. And so when you kind of make that space to do that and kind of sit in silence, like before you start anything, cause I used to like start my day, like most people like grab the phone, you know, what's first, you know, and now it's like, nope, I'm reading scripture, I'm saying affirmations, and you know, talking about it with my creator, and like, all right, this is how I'm feeling today, this is what it is, and I need to, you know, guide me, I need your help, you know, guide me through it, so it's been, it's been a process, and I'm I'm still, like I said, I'm still moving through it, and it, yes, it is like a, you, you begin you do begin to appreciate like what what is still there you know yes you, you, you miss things and there's things that will ne- you'll never get again mm-hmm. but you I have been forced to appreciate those who are around me um, and I because I haven't been doing it and I'm still not doing it with a lot of people and so like it's forces you to like come out of like self centered circle right mm-hmm.
1: Look at that though um, like the passing of a parent actually giving you like it's like a rebirth for you because now you're you have changed in so many ways
0: i'm still going and I, yeah you I, i'm still in a chrysalis
1: <laughs> but there's something happening in All that right? chrysalis. it's something, it's something um, happening and it's and it's yeah. really making you look within and slowing you down so you can be conscious of it right um so i think it's a it's beautiful and yeah, kudos to you for, like, taking the time and allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to just feel, right? A lot of times we get either we're so happy and you get caught up in the excitement or you're so sad and you get caught up with that, Um and you don't acknowledge the fact, like, let me just take my time and feel. Let me pause to just feel. So it's good that you're doing that.
0: And I had to be forced. I had to be told, you know? <laughs> so,
2: you
1: A little push never hurt anybody. <laughs>
2: right. I'm very good. Right. <laughs> or or direct instruction. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean,
1: sometimes I we need that. We can be stubborn, right? And you yeah. just need to listen. Like, all right,
2: fine, yeah. I'm gonna listen. Can we ask your question. Um, yeah, um, it's okay. you Jack know. Latimer. I'm, I'm yeah, not, we're,
0: not how we're doing? So you know, let's.
2: Yeah. So, so no uh,
0: well, the EMR yeah. system with the EMR system, could someone's health record be held against them like a credit score? Sorry,
2: I don't think that's off topic. It's not at all off topic. Um, It already is. Um, I saw the question while while Deidre was speaking, and um, right. So let's think about why the why Obamacare, as it was originally, you know, kind of named, why it was implemented. It was implemented for those who had health conditions that were otherwise uninsurable to ensure that they had coverage. So um, depending on your age, your health, your financial circumstances, you could possibly always be discriminated against um, for health insurance, for life insurance. Um, And so I would say yes, um, but I would also say that that has always existed um could it exist more yes because now instead of your information being siloed in one system of care right where it's locked up and the only way for let's say insurance company a life insurance company abc to get access to well how is your health they would have to do blood work and send you for testing and get whatever answer they got um but that's not as comprehensive as, oh, we can now link up with this health exchange system and gain, except as of right now, they could not because it's just for healthcare, like hospital corporations. But let's just say it's opened up. Um, they, they would be able to access that information. But what would that mean? In order to avoid a lot of the what ifs that we're talking about, it means that you go to a relatively, if you're going to go to a physician, you're going to go to a rel- relatively antiquated healthcare practice where they still use paper, if that's what you want. But again, there's also the option of um, something, and I'm just going to keep plugging season one, um, how your how your diet, how your lifestyle how, you know, your your fitness, like I know many of us get up every day, six days, a seven, five, six days a strong and work out. And it's, yeah, it's fun, but it's also, you know, so that as, you know, the bones just don't creaking till they crack. You have to like care for your machine. You like that one? Creak till it cracks. <laughs> um, you have to take care of the machine that is your body um, so that maybe you don't need to go run into the position as much. Um again when you have community um and family, maybe their healthcare practitioners and everything is outside of that network. So um hopefully that answers the question because I'm sure many people are, are, you know, maybe hearing about the health exchange, health ex health exchange networks um for the first time today. Um, look it up. It's 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 definitely a thing that's happening, and it's being um, pushed by the by Medicaid by the federal government.
0: Yep. You you know what? this, this is this, this is related, but not related, but it when you talked about like the paper places still having paper, it they um those places exist now. Oh, yeah. This story, I I was not at a healthcare facility. I was actually. Renting a car, but they had the printer. There was I don't even know what was on their computer screen. You know the kind of printer that has the the the
2: yes yes.
0: <laughs> then you have to you have to tear it off. It has the whole yes that the strip.
2: with the because perforated edges. I do not even know what and, that's
1: called. <laughs>
2: oh wow,
0: carbon copy the triple yes. kit. Yes. And you buy the big thing and it kind of runs through the printer. Yes comes out you can barely read the words
2: that were on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. So then the question is, is that the sort of, you know, health practitioner that you want? <laughs> because you know there's a certain amount of um credits they're called CMEs, but it's like there's a certain amount of medical education credits that a physician should have. That usually means you're keeping up with technology in some way. But if you're if you're still working at that paper record, <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, no, no, because then when you go for a lab, what happens? Like the labs don't send, they don't send like X rays. Like you know, you used to have to walk with these big old actual X rays. Now everything is digital, so it's like, how yeah. does that work? How
1: it's does like that a work? It can curse in a way. I just went to the uh, doctors out of the state, and. Great doctor great office um she's up on technology but she doesn't believe in emrs so and i and or no patient portals and i was like oh you don't have patient portals and she was like no and i'm like you know i live in new york she's all the way in georgia and i said oh so how do i get my records <laughs> you're gonna just mail them to me and she said yeah i'll just send them through the mail and and whatnot and i was like okay i i understand but um yeah she, she I don't know. I I think it's a gift and a curse. I love the convenience of having, you know, like uh, medical organizations, you know, hospitals, they talking to one another. It's very, like you said, the continuity of care. But then it's also that other lingering question, like, this is a lot of information about me, that the world can possibly anybody can get their hands on, you know, but then it brings us back to HIPAA and what we sign off at, you know, at our home practices, mm-hmm. like all those documentations. And, and it kind of can get discouraging for patients because you're going there for a purpose, right? Either, if it's your annual, it's your annual. But if you're, if you have a sickness and you're going in for your sickness, you don't want to have to go through that thick rather if it's a paper, the thick um, packets they give you, or even if it's just digital, all that scrolling and signing, it's kind of discouraging. And people tend to just skip the reading. And sign, like, oh, they're just saying that I'm just gonna sign, right? So I think it has something has to change with that because a lot of times people just want to get through the paperwork, rather be hard copies or digital, and you're just signing away, not knowing what you're signing to. And so that other piece of the um the pie, this you're saying, well, all of this information is there. Well, you signed off on it. So anybody can grab it. You have to be very diligent and very mindful of what you're signing when it comes to your healthcare. Um, And like I said, there has to be a better way to do that. It just has to be. And I'm the kind of person while I'm doing something and I see it's like tedious, I'm like, it has to be an easier way with all this technology in this day and age that we have, we have to figure something else out. And my mind starts working, well, what can I do to get to the same result without having to do all these steps? And if I can do it, doesn't mean the next person can, especially our elders. Mm -hmm. they can like they don't they don't have either they don't have the ability they don't have the time they don't have the patience and that you know and and that's reasonable right um or people with language barriers or who are new to the country or new to the systems like there's so many things to think about um so like i said i feel it's a it's, it's a yes a pro and a con a gift and a curse um but there's there's definitely room for improvement
2: yeah absolutely um balance and education in, in everything. Um, I'll I'll say this because you touched on a lot. First, the patient portal, that's something that's, that's very different, right? So that is specific to ensuring that patients can access their information. Um, patient portals have to be like, they're funded differently. And especially if it's a private practice, You've got to pay for that. So it's not that she doesn't believe in it. She no worries, not mine. Yeah, but, but I'm saying it's probably more like the cost isn't worth it when I can mail you, make you wait, not give you instant access and mail you your records upon request. So that could be more of a cost savings initiative, because what is it to actually believe or not believe in, particularly if you are using an electronic health record? I'm just saying so that is just something just something to think about I'm like oh yeah there's a cost associated with that um the other thing is the idea of signing away so earlier when I touched on you know going in for one sort of procedure I, uh, all right I'm gonna I don't usually do like story time just like oh it's coming so uh, I'll share a story um my friends were always a lot older than I, even in high school. And so when I was in my like early twenties, my one of my really close friends was having a child. And it was my first godchild, right? I don't know why she picked me. I didn't have no children. I was like twenty-two. But um somehow I wound up being in the delivery room. Um, dad was unavailable, and so there I was in the delivery room, um, assisting with birth, right? <laughs> I think that's probably why I waited until my mid thirties to have children. I was like, no way. But during that process, um, I guess I was always just into like paper. Um, You know, I read all of the paperwork, particularly when they made the decision to Um, tell her that she was um, not dilating fast enough and that they would need to induce or possibly proceed with C-section. I read every line of everything that was given to my friend at that time. And what I realized was that what she was being asked to sign, which I wound up using to motivate her to push, right? Because she was like, you know, you tighten up and things slow down it essentially said that, yeah, well, we'll, we'll use Pitocin. We'll use whatever to induce, but if it proceeds to a C-section, if it proceeds and we have to do a C-section, then we will. Um, If there are any health implications and we have to go in and mitigate, we'll, we'll like, essentially, once we cut you open, we do whatever we want. And when I read that, I was just like, oh my gosh, how often do we read those things? We so many times, I mean, Deidre, I think of um your share last season where it was like you were just told you had to have like a follow-up test and you were falling to pieces and can't even remember what the practitioner was telling you to do to prep for the test. That's more common than not. And then when you add on not just language language barriers or age, but what if just their literacy challenges? What if there are no literacy challenges, but you don't understand medical terminology? There, there's so many nuances to a saying. Well, yeah, be informed. And I see you, Anishka. Go, hop right in. Go ahead. I saw you really quickly.
1: That literacy piece. Oh, I, I went to um, a specialist with my partner, and there was a man, an elder man. Um, you could tell he wasn't. You know, he wasn't native to America. We went in before him. The paperwork took us 30 minutes. And I can only imagine how long he was sitting there prior to us getting in there. We finished our paperwork and was waiting. And I'm like to my partner, I'm like, I don't think he can read. And if I noticed, I'm sure like, you know, the staff had to have noticed because the lady kept brushing him. But that just goes to show like the literacy piece, too. Like some people cannot read, cannot write, uh, especially like a lot of foreigners are like that, like people from the Caribbean. I know I have aunts and uncles and, you know, friends of our family um, that couldn't. And I just kind of noticed and I was like, I want to go help him. But what if I don't speak the language? Now, I, I went to help and then it caused another problem. And I said, you know what? My heart was just saying, just do it. You have nothing to lose. Right. But he has something to gain. You can help him. And I wanted to ask, and thankfully he spoke English. It's just that he could not, yeah, read it, and yeah. so I, uh, yeah, that's that's a big one too.
2: And that's a lot of times, you know know it. know. it's really common, and you know, it's so common that, um, and and I saw the question. I'm going to answer Zach's question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> nice. yes, it was. It's it's a really common thing, and. Um, this is quick. I remember when, uh, at a a different hospital, when I did more quality management, one of the, one of the things that I oversaw was like employee training. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, my CEO at the time saying, I need you to talk to our housekeeper on, on the floor that we were on. Yeah. And she was this wonderful, wonderful, older Southern woman. She was so sweet. Okay. and. I'm like, well, why do I need to talk to her? And he's like, just, you'll, you'll find out. But it was about doing the, like doing the, um the trainings, which were all on paper. Mm-hmm. And so because we had this rapport, she, she kind of just said, well, I don't, I don't really do those. And what I discovered was that she didn't do them because she didn't know how to read. And so Yeah, if there's a language barrier, you like, oh, okay. Oh, if, you know, they're foreign born, it's like, oh, okay. But there are just so many who just need support and need it to come in a really compassionate way. So, so that's that. With the, with the, with Zach Latimer's question, could someone's health record be held? Oh, no, wait, that's the wrong question. There we go. Let me look over there. Yes. Yes. Um, wouldn't that be easy? Yeah. So it would be, yeah. I mean, yes, it would be easier to steal someone's information. I think as easy as it is right now to hack our, our credit right. card information, right? I think like everything is already there.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: when you think about, you know, those digital push pin, like entry to your home, it's kind of like you're, we're comforted by these things, but Absolutely. Is it not easier to get in? <laughs> I mean, like, is it not easier to short circuit or hack if then that's what you want to do? Right. Um, but absolutely, it would, it would be easier to, once things are digital, it's always, the, the footprint, the thread is always there. Um but that's why we have to be, you know, use discernment and, and not opt to have everything disclosed and And be more healthy and eat right and have family and, you know, let those healthy women make those meals and, you know, exercise and do all of that cool, dope stuff. And then maybe you worry a little bit less about
1: Mm -hmm. all the things. (laughs) things. (laughs) It's
0: it's, it's as easy as it is now. Like, you know, yeah, the stores that we get hacked all the time and the truth and even our email, you know, yeah. and you know (laughs) and all those different networks they get hacked all the time and the and and the banks right I remember one of the that I used was hacked they didn't say anything until maybe a year or two after you know like and I don't know why they waited I think legally they can like until they do their investigation or whatever but like Institutions, whether it's consumering you know, consumering, for consumerism, you know, just us buying things or financials, they get hacked all the time. So
1: it's crazy. And- in, in the past three days, three relatives got hacked. My yeah. nephew did today, someone did a wire transfer from his bank from his bank account to theirs for ten thousand dollars. I was like, Wait, oh. what? My mother in law, someone put oh something on hers to do monthly withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And then my brother-in-law, someone did gift cards. All in three days. All different people. Mm-hmm. Different yeah. things. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're getting wittier and, and more creative on how to, how
2: to get people. Well, it's productive. like a paycheck now, right? It's like, <laughs> I'll just do deductions. I'll do deductions off your for your income right right
1: deposit they start off with little increments just to see if you even notice and yeah. if you don't notice guess what they're gonna keep going yep. yeah yeah there's more questions yes uh-huh. we'll
0: take the last few
2: because we're gonna get off soon. yes um, yeah it's true yeah what what a queer visa says yeah mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. And yes, um, definitely uh-huh. forgetting meds. So, so right. That's a really good point um, because of the opioid epidemic, right. Which whew, that's a whole show, um, man, that I, I won't even get into where that's well. I will, I'm going to touch on it. <laughs> um, pain, pain management became a huge issue huge priority for the Joint Commission, um, which I shared earlier, accredits um, hospital systems. So people's pain weren't being managed appropriately. And so there were all of these protocols put in place to ensure that you were not in excruciating pain unnecessarily. And so with that came the advent of the opioid epidemic. So after the opioid epidemic and everybody wanted the Percocets and the codeine, because uh, now our pain is overly managed mm-hmm. and we're addicted, um, there was a lockdown. Right. And what that meant is that you could no longer just go um, pill shopping. Mm-hmm. because There was a time when in order to actually receive appropriate funding, I couldn't go to a hospital or my practitioner and say, I have pain in my back. Mm-hmm. I have sciatica. I, I had a car accident and no the Tylenol, you know, isn't helping. Um and as soon as you say certain terms or certain words, chronic pain, they have to give it to you. Um, what wound up happening is a few years ago there was a, a change in the federal regulations and they all opioids are now like anyone who receives opioids are in like a national database. Mm -hmm. So you can't go from Dr. Deidre to Dr. Anushka in one strong or one week and say, Mm -hmm. I got the same pain and get 60 days because I got 30 from you and 30 from you. So what, Mm -hmm. what, um, Zach Latimer's question. Um, that's what it's connected to. And that's a really good point. Um, I guess when there's a will, there's a way you could always do that. Right. Like I can, so I would say yes, but I think that can be done even now. Right. I could, I would have to assume someone else's identity, right. Just get somebody else's health insurance card or make one up and um, get ID.
0: Right. And I don't necessarily have to start with like an EMR, like people. Right. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. We, so no, just like even with the opioid um, epidemic, there were a lot of grandparents whose cabinets,
2: medicine cabinets. Oh, please. So many. So many. Rated. Rated. Yeah, that that's the. But, but think about why it was rated because they were receiving these pain pills unnecessarily as well. And it was just like, I don't need all these drugs. I remember,
0: like, so, um, my, my dad, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, um, like over 10 years ago. And, um, after he had what they, like a a bone marrow transplant, what they call autologous. And so they basically harvest your own stem cells. And so you literally have like no immune system and you, you're basically starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And, but like, he's, there's still going to be pain and there's neuropathy and things like that Mm -hmm. because of damage, um. And I remember he, him saying like, you know, the doctor gave him Percocet and it was, but he's like, but I don't need that many. And it was like, when he told me like how much it was, I was like, they were like, it was, yeah. it was insane. It was just insane. It's like, why did they give you that much? He was like, he's like, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not even using it. So I'm positive that they expired. I was like, well, just make sure you don't flush it. You know, they tell you do not. Right you you know, do not flush any like expired meds because it ends up right back in the water system. But, um, I don't know what he did with them, but I'm pretty sure that they expired because he's like, I don't need all of this. Like I can't yeah. use like, it. Like it's not necessarily. So we do know like some physicians, because I, I want to be careful of blaming it on physicians because a lot of that happened. It's like, it's the physician's fault. And I think while there are some bad apples, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know that it's appropriate to like blame the entire, you know, group of, you know, physicians, even though we do know some people were just really careless with their script books, you know, and just writing off prescriptions.
2: Well, that's why they're digital. You know, you really won't receive a handwritten script anymore. That, that's a part of why scripts went digital so that it can be managed. Right. Because at one point you could steal a script book and then just go figure it out for yourself. Um, but a lot of the physician, yeah, there were some who were just writing, writing those narcotic scripts. But then there were others that um, were really doing what they thought was the best for the patient and compliance with the regulations, which said, if if I know that a procedure like what you described your father's having is going to come with um, 10 days of pain between an 8 and a 10, I'm going to give you 20 days worth of, you know, and, and of course it could be 50 days or whatever, But I'm going to try to be proactive. Um, but in that proactivity, many people became addicted and, and that's just an unfortunate, um, byproduct of over, over empowering pain management. And so now there are alter, now what's in the regulation is the requirement for alternative modes of pain management to be identified and offered first. Right. So for all of those practitioners who, you know, do the acupuncture, acupressure, it's a great time to yeah. be in pain management.
0: Yeah. 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 And, it, and, you know, the opiate, it did put a lot of people in the bind. You know, they're the people who are actually in excruciating chronic yes. all the time. Yeah. And unless you know what that's like, it's just like, we, I, I don't know what that's like. I don't mm-hmm. even like, I flinch. as, like, is it going to be painful? Like, you know, I'm bees and anything with a stinger comes around. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, because I don't even want to, like, feel the pain. And, and maybe that's, like, a sign of something else. But, like, there are people who live in excruciating pain. And so, like, they actually, I think, you know, suffered from some of the, the regulations just because of, like, again, like, the, the bad apples on both sides. Like, people, like, work in the system on both sides. So, Yeah. Yeah, but this is good. This is Yay, we're back. I <laughs> say a lot. We're doing a lot. We're feeling a lot. We're going to be doing a lot. So like thank you every joining. There's gonna be much more for those of you who missed it. Um in the beginning, you know, be sure to share this video and share the podcast once it's uploaded to so with all your friends. This is on Facebook and YouTube. We're gonna be coming up this season. It's gonna be a quick and powerful season. We've got like people um, lining up to be interviewed. Gonna have a focus on mind, body, soul, clothing, shelter. It's gonna be fun. Um, so you'll see like different variations of the host, and we'll be in and out and just having fun all throughout. I don't know. So, anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, give thanks to Mr. and Precious. It was so nice to see you again in this setting, and I'm so excited to see what the season. Is.
2: Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.